Rob, we're going full Cleveland sports talk today. Are you ready? You know what, DJ? I want to be ready for sure, but I feel like the tone of Cleveland sports talk radio is so much different than the greasy pot. You know, the greasy pot is all about the good vibes. What are you drinking this weekend? What are you doing this weekend? What are you betting this weekend? How are you going to have fun? And Cleveland Sports Talk Radio sometimes is just talking like shit on the things that we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be a pretty much time for us. But uh, I think I'm ready for it. What do you think? Uh, I think maybe we start with the warm-up. I had these saved for the end, but maybe we go, you know, a merge of Browns talk with a little uh, greasy, a side of greasy. So okay. what do you think we go with that to start? Yeah, I do. I got a question for you if you don't mind jumping in first. Okay. Yeah. Uh you know, just talking about Cleveland sports talk, I I know the media gets quite a bit of a blame for like how bad the Browns are sometimes. And do you blame the media? Uh, you know, for like let's say an example of like the Billy Manziel thing, you know, where Johnny Manziel went to Las Vegas and he's like doing coke in a bathroom. Like, do you blame the media for reporting that stuff, or do you, like, blame the Browns for being so dysfunctional that, like, that shit happens? Well, I mean, you ask any athlete, uh, listen to Aaron Rodgers yesterday and Pat McAfee, and I've heard him on a few other shows, you know, blame the clicks. Like, everyone's chasing the clicks. We've all heard that storyline over and over again. But ultimately, I think it comes back to that, right? It's either the ultra-positive, you had, like, these um, – these very inspirational stories, or you have the Billy Manzels of the world. And typically the way the Browns have gone over the last 10 years, you're going to go kind of the ultra negative, the rotating coaches, the rotating quarterbacks. So a lot of that's earned and unfortunate, but it's what get, it's what get uh, clicks. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And like, you know, the Browns are three and one right now. Which is like an unprecedented in our lifetime that the Browns mm-hmm. have been 3-1. And like there is so much like D-sucking going on in Cleveland media right now. Like Stefanski is like the dude, right? Like I've never seen an offense perform like this. And the defense is just getting turnovers and like everything's coming up gold for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and obviously, you know, with Indians and with the Cavs right now, that's not the story. But that's never been the story in Cleveland media. Uh, but it's interesting to hear like how – on board they are with the Browns right now just because they are three and one and everyone wants a piece of it and everyone wants to be in their good graces so but uh, definitely a different tone this year than uh, in years past well can you imagine if they go four and one right and they beat a real good I guess the Cowboys seem to be a good team but uh, despite the record but you beat the Colts now we're talking bro we're talking and then Steelers next week if we go five and one (laughs) jump on the hype train baby yeah, we'll play a schedule game, uh, like some classic sports talk in a little bit here. But let's start with the warm-up. Um, and and that is, is Ste- uh, Kevin Stefanski the hottest coach in the NFL? And I don't mean because they're 3-1. and one. I mean, right. is he the hottest coach in the NFL? Yeah, phys- I took it as, like, physically attractive. Like, would mm-hmm. I want to be – you know, I got what you're saying. <laughs> and, you know, he's got to be up there. The only person I could think was more, like, conventionally attractive than Stefanski – and Stefanski is a high key hottie. Like, there's no low key hottie about Stefanski. Is uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and uh, you know, mm. Cliff Kingsbury kind of comes across to me as like the white collar hottie. You know, he's got a boat. He's you know going up the river. Uh, you know, he's you know his dad gave him a little trust fund. Stefanski seems a little more you know blue collar gritty guy. And you know, I think whatever floats your boat for me, it's Stefanski. I like the beard. Yeah. Uh... Kingsbury, you're right. I didn't think of him, even though he's kind of like the, the shoe-in for the number one ranking. I'll probably go with that. Um, what's the Packers guy? Oh, why can't I think of his name? The Packers? Matt LaFleur? 
Matt LaFleur, he's not bad. And then no. uh, sneaky, sneaky Mike Tomlin. I like his look, the swagger, the glasses, like the confidence, everything. Yeah, and if you're into like the silver foxing, I think you could throw in Pete Carroll. You know what I mean? If you want a little more experience, you can throw in him. I don't think Belichick's on anyone's list, you know? (laughs) No, I I don't think so either. Who do you think's last on that list? It's got to be Mike McCarthy. Tell me Mike McCarthy and why it's Mike McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if I wanted to go there. There's some greasy NFL coaches, that's for sure. For sure. Uh, but at least we got a top fiver, you know, and you're you're gonna take that, right? You got to have that, yeah. It's good for vibes. Yeah, we'll 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 end it with the greasy question, and we'll you know obviously start it with one. But we have kind of like a Browns theme pick six. So if you're an out of towner, you're not a Clevelander, and you maybe you'll like this, and so you can rip on us in future weeks if the Browns end up sucking. So uh, this might not be your your greasy pod episode, but. Uh, I know my uncle, for example, would want to listen to this just to use it as fodder for uh, future weeks should the, uh, say, Steelers beat them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my Minnesota guys, uh, they know I'm a big Browns fan. And normally I send them a weekly video. You know, it's normally when I'm, like, inebriated, getting ready to watch the Browns on a Sunday. Um, So they like to hear my Browns hot take. So hopefully they'll listen in, too. So hopefully, you know, we didn't lose too many listeners here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. uh, you know, you know what the other thing about Cleveland Sports Talk Radio, and I'm sure it's like universal, is that like they only talk about content like every like 10 minutes. And normally like there's a commercial. So like right now we need to go to our Universal Windows Direct yeah. commercial exactly. break for 15 minutes. So you never actually talk about anything, which pisses right. me off. So. Four hours and a third of it's fueled by ads and a third's fueled by uh, callers and so on. But yeah. it's really just filling space. Uh, which we're doing a good job of here right now. So let's start off with number one. Are the Browns good? Wow, dude. I think, you know, we kind of alluded to it. Everything we want to say is that the Browns are good, right? They're three and one. It's It's been a while since we've been there, like a winning record for the first time in God knows how long. Uh, but, in you know, I'm, I'm the first person to jump on the Browns train. I really am continuously. I'm the first guy on the bus. Like when we beat the Ravens last year, I was like, we're going to be so sick. Like we're going to the playoffs, maybe Super Bowl, like book me in, get me there. Um, but I'm being cautiously optimistic this year. Um, the offense is looking good. Defense is looking a little questionable. Andrews Sandejo in the back, uh, the backfield of that secondary looking a little rough. Uh, we got some big matchups with Colt Steelers. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I don't want to say good. Uh, I wouldn't say they're in the top, you know, 12 of the NFL or something like that, probably middle tier. And the thing that scares me is I don't feel like they're immune to bad losses. You know, I think they play the Jags later in the year, right. you know, Texans, even though they're 0 4, they could be sneaky uh, in the latter half of the year. I don't think they're immune to losing those type of teams. And so uh, when you still, you still got the shakies with those, with those uh, kind of bottom half teams. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you consider yourself good. So I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but if they beat the Colts, bro. Right. And you know, obviously we'll jump into the schedule game here, but like, yeah, some of those games that you think are a lock, like they're playing the Bengals again, you think it's definitely a lock, but who knows the Bengals might be a different team you know, whatever week they play them, you know, later on in the year uh, than they were a couple weeks ago when they played them. Uh, but uh, Cleveland Sports Talk Radio, hey, we should jump into the power rankings. Where do you think the Browns are in the power rankings? And I think they're actually I think they're actually top 10 this year. They're actually uh, they're sitting one space ahead of the Colts. I think Browns came in at nine 
and uh, Colts came in at 10. So really? uh, kind of a battle of that back end there. All right. I, I got to look at those. We'll, we'll jump into those in a second. Um, I do want to get into the schedule, but first I had this idea and we had not talked about this previous to the pod. And uh, this past weekend we were hanging out saying, you know, we're kind of getting sick of each other. We ended up in the same cart playing golf, that sort of thing. Um, And we've been doing the pod since I think April every week. Yeah. Uh, And my thought was we skip next week, but we do a greasy pod if the Browns win. So we put a little uh, greasy pod bet on, uh, on the Browns winning. What do you think of that? Uh, did, uh, I don't love that to be honest with you, because I just said I was getting sick of you because I didn't want to golf with you. Cause we were like the shittiest two people golfing last weekend. I was trying yeah. to get out of your cart, uh, and it <laughs> didn't work. We lost by like four strokes. Uh, obviously my tactic was, you know, it wasn't going to tent because I knew we weren't going to win. Uh, I'd love to run it back, but I love putting a little spice. You know, I love to gamble. Let's, uh, let's, let's roll the dice. I think Browns are going to win, even though they're underdogs this week against the Colts. Uh, I so thought you would latch on to that. Pod, I thought you'd latch on. So you just want to do the pod, though. It, it sounds like you you sort of maybe miss me. I miss you, dude. Yeah, I'm uh, fucking right. talking brooms with you. Dude. All right, we're taking the we're taking the bet off the. We'll we'll take a break around Christmas. We're keeping it going. Um, we're keeping it rolling. I thought you would latch onto that, but mm-hmm. um, I like it. Uh, maybe <laughs> if they beat the Colts, do we do a whole nother Brown show? Uh, no, we'll, we'll get back with more of the creative juices next week. But first, let's get back into the schedule game. Colts, do the Browns beat them? Score prediction, go. You know what? Uh, this is a tough one. You know, the Browns are only uh, one and a half point dogs at home. 12,000 people there this week. It's going to sound like 85,000. It's going to feel like the horseshoes sold out. Michigan game, who knows? I heard that the uh, the 12,000 people there are going to do a brownout. Uh, it's going to be absolutely electric atmosphere. Browns are going to sneak by this one. They're going to hit the over uh, 27, uh, 21, 27, 21. There it is. Okay. I'll go some something in, unconventional, 1913. Oh, so you're going under. I saw Indy's offense last week. Not too impressive, but the D is pretty, pretty solid. Um, yeah, but you look at the, the you know the teams that the uh, the Colts have played. They played the Jags, mm-hmm. Jets, Bears. Like none of those guys are good, have good offenses. And the Browns are just built a little bit different. If they get the running game established, I think uh, Browns can put up points again. Uh, that forty-seven point over is like a little tempting this week, dude. Yeah, and I think you know we it's been highly publicized Drew Brees' dead arm being able to not throw it downfield, but sneakily. Yeah. Watching a decent amount of Colts and watching a lot of Atlanta Falcons, Phil Rivers and uh, Matt Ryan, I think, are the ones with the dead arms out there, bro. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, as much as as I know Drew Brees because of the success and you know what he meant to that franchise probably gets the pub, but there's some aging quarterbacks that are right along with them there that are uh, a few years younger. Yeah, you you know T.Y. Hilton's getting a ton of flack, and I'm not saying T.Y. Hilton's a wide uh, elite wide receiver like he used to be anymore. But P. Rez can't stretch him like you know what I mean. Like quarterbacks of old, like even Jacoby Brissett used to be able to chuck it a little bit. Um, so it kind of hurts his value. But it's interesting that we place the blame on T.Y. Hilton and not P. Rez because P. Rez is winning football games. But yeah. if I had Jonathan uh, Taylor in my backfield and Naheem Hines, I'd probably be okay too. Who's your favorite Colt? Like that's my uh, favorite goal. Yeah. Uh, 
Nelson, isn't that like the left guard who's just a fucking bruiser? <laughs> I don't know. Nelson, that's my favorite call. Yeah, okay. Uh, I like Mo Alley Cox, man. That guy is a beast. I don't yeah. know why Jack Doyle, they even play Jack Doyle. Just toss it to that guy. He'll bully anybody. I love that guy too. Yeah, he's a little grinder. <laughs> Tight ends are easy grinder. Do you think the the Browns? This is number three. The Browns running game can hold up though in a game like this where the the front seven is pretty solid, and now you're relying on Cream Hunt to be your lead back, and you get a little uh, toss in of uh, Dearness Johnson, a little Hilliard, etc. Yeah, I think that's where the Browns are. You know that depth that running back is built a little different. You know, Cream Hunt, uh, Cream Hunt would be starting on you know all 31 other teams in the NFL. Uh, if he wasn't on the Browns and just having an elite runner like Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt can definitely handle that workload as long as that groin holds up. And then having a guy like uh, Dearness Johnson and Hilliard as their spellbacks, I think a lot of teams are envious of those. Uh, you know, I put Dearness Johnson the way he ran the ball last week, 95 yards, unlimited touches coming in the second half. Um, a lot of teams would want him as their RB2. So, uh, yeah, very optimistic. That offense line is moving bodies right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, DJ, you might be able to pick up two yards behind him. I was just thinking that. You, we talked about uh, this had to be a couple months ago on the pod about in terms of the best rapper alive never being discovered sort of conversation. It's probably right. back and meat or whatever. Um, that might be true for running back because I'm not saying you or I can go out there and have success, but a guy that maybe played in the AFF, for example, right. or a guy that played high school football that just had the vision but didn't make it for some reason. I truthfully think there's probably a handful of those guys out in the world that could be a top 10 back that never even made the NFL. Right, like DeGarnas Johnson was on a fishing boat uh, yeah. not too long ago. Right. You know, I think the best running back we know is uh, working as a respiratory therapist in Columbus, Ohio. Right. That dude just built the plug holes, baby. Yeah. That sounds a little more sexual. Yeah, than it one. did. But <laughs> you didn't mean it. You're good. Um, yeah. We're on public radio, dude. You can say that. It's what I got. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Running backs think they're fine. We have no worries. Browns MVP so far. Number four on the pick six Browns edition. Your top three, Rob. You know, uh, it, it, I was trying to think of the most Cleveland sports talk radio. Like they try to appeal to like this white blue collar person that's listening on the job site. And I'm going to go with Wyatt Teller. That dude's been transformational in the middle of the line, the way he's pulling, the way he's blocking. He's a gritty guy. It's not Wyatt Teller, though. That guy's a joke. Uh, <laughs> you know, he is playing pretty well. The offense line as a whole is playing pretty well. Uh, you know, definitely, a, a, you know, a reason that the team is moving forward, but it's not Wyatt Teller. Um, I think the number one MVP this year is uh, is Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt. The way those guys are running the football is just unbelievable. Uh, you know, to be, you know, splitting touches and doing so much with that productivity uh, is awesome. You uh, gave dual so MVPs, though? Uh, yeah, because I think if, if either one of them was getting all of the touches, they'd be the clear MVP. Uh, but they just have two guys that are, you know, equal in talent uh, that are splitting carries. And if they were getting all of them, they would definitely be the clear MVP. All right. I have uh, – I'm, I'm bad at kind of coming back with, like, the, the boldness you need. But uh, my number one is Miles Garrett, and here's why. I'm thinking about war. I know you're a big wins above replacement guy, right? Yeah. Think about it from a football sense. Big plays. Yeah. Who has the highest war on the team? Miles Garrett. 
Now, does he affect the run as much as he should? I don't really know. I don't pay attention. But does he have the big game-changing plays that other DNs aren't going to make in the league? Absolutely. You saw, yeah. You've seen the strip sacks. How many guys in the league are going to make that play? Very few. Yeah. Very few DNs. His war is high. Yeah, it's not his war that's high, and this is going to turn some viewers off. Uh, is it's his win probability added is high, right? He doesn't make the most consistent plays. I I'm going to say this, and I'm a big Miles Garrett guy. You're watching 90 percent of the snaps, and you're just like, "Where's Miles? Why is he making that play?" And I understand it's part of being a defensive lineman in the NFL. Is that like you're getting double teamed? There's guys that are just going to take you out of the scheme inherently, right? They're running to the opposite side. Um, but his win probability out of making that big play and turning the tides for the Browns has been unprecedented. And I, that's why he's my number two. I agree with you that he's been un, I mean, unreal, and he's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. It, it is odd because he doesn't uh, – you don't notice him every play, like you said, like a, like an Aero Donald, even though uh, the comp is not perfect there. Um, but <laughs> – I'm still going to go with war because my mind processes it like that. What did you call it? Win probability something or other? It's called win probability added. It's WPA. Okay. So like off, so like if, uh, Is that a real baseball if, stat? So like if somebody hits a grand slam in the, in the ninth inning, uh, his win probability added would be ultra high. But mm. if, in his war, it would only be counted as a home run. Oh, so I actually like yeah. WPA better. You're a WPA guy, yeah. Yeah, we definitely lost a few listeners there for sure. Based on WPA, I have Odell Beckham at number two. Uh, obviously, up and down year to start, you know, you're thinking trade Odell, all this shit's coming out about him. Well, what's he doing in the Cowboys game? He adds to the WPA, bro. How many people, are, a lot of bros thrown out there in this episode for me. Um, bros, bros, get them out, bro. <laughs> That play uh, to really seal that game where the Browns were just leaking ass, man. Uh, they get they that ball back. Um, you had- there were you on a, there were you Sunday at seven after a couple <laughs> of uh, one o'clock beers just leaking yeah. ass. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I kept it clean this Sunday. But anyway, uh, how many wide receivers in the league once again make that play? Very few. Maybe Tyree Kill, guys yeah, with speed and. Apparently Odell has that based on what I've seen on Twitter and people track the miles per hour he runs, which is bizarre to me. But anyway, so he makes huge plays in that game. He gets them that win. I think if they give that ball back, it's a typical Browns type of storyline. Instead of three and one, we're talking and we're uh, the, the season's down the shitter. For sure. Yeah. If Odell doesn't make that run, I totally agree. Um, but, you know, that's another thing about Cleveland uh, Sports Talk Radio is that, you know, if you listen to any – you know, during uh, the pandemic in like April, they have nothing to talk about. So they're like, did the Giants win the Odell Beckham trade? <laughs> and it's like, in, a, in such a small sample, yes. But it, as soon as you saw Odell turn that corner on Sunday and, you know, seal the victory for the Browns, you're like, that was totally worth it. Would we give up fucking Jabril Peppers? Like, I'm worried about him. Uh, you know, as soon as he makes that play, everything's forgotten. And the Browns won the, the Browns officially have won that trade. Yeah, I'll turn on uh, some of the midday shows when I'm in my car eating lunch. And um, the other day they were having a discussion. I think, you know, obviously to break up some of the football talk, but was, did the Indians, would you take back the Andrew Miller trade? How is that a discussion right now? Like, who the hell is thinking of that? I have not thought about it since it happened. 
because uh, Clint Frazier hit a home run the other day for the Yankees, uh, okay. and they're trying to fill a void. But Andrew Miller got us a game seven of the World Series, so no, you don't make that trade. You definitely make that trade. See, if I'm a GM, and this is probably not the best way to think of it, um, yeah. but in football, it's very similar to fantasy football. And when you get the best player, you win the trade. Yeah. Baseball, it feels different. You get the package deal. You build the assets that are younger. You give away right. your your big expensive guy. Right, yeah, a completely different game. You're not – in fantasy football, they all go into the free agent for <laughs> the end of the year. It's totally uh, yeah. In baseball, you're paying for people for six years, right? You have right. rights over them. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's very yeah, – now that I for, totally neglected the money side of things in football too, um, yeah, I'm going to take that one back. Okay. You get to, hey, that's what we're here for. We're for hot takes. You get them on the radio, get the Twitter interaction. Yeah. My number three MVP was Nick Chubb. I'm not doing yeah. a duel like you did. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mine's, mine's uh, I'm glad you asked. Mine's Harrison Bryant. Your dude, boy. Just making plays, dude, on third down. Glue hands, rookie. What more can you ask for? Uh, you know, he's obviously going to lose some target share to Njoku this week, who's coming back off the IR. But I think Njoku's trade bait. Harrison Bryant's going to be the guy in Week 17 making sure the Browns make the playoffs. That's an ultimate Cleveland storyline saying that David Njoku's tra- trade bait. What the hell are you getting for that guy? Dude's been often injured. I know he was a high pick, so on. He's shown that athleticism like crazy. Seems like a fun dude. But a tight end, a backup tight end bid season, you're going to get a sixth rounder or something? Like, I don't right. Know. I don't know. But yeah. you got to talk about the offense. <laughs> I know. It's just, I don't know. People think right. like he's valuable because they've seen him play in Cleveland before. I don't know. A backup tight end, I just don't. You're not getting anything exciting, I'll tell you that. Right. We hit the the MVPs. Oh, we were sp- supposed to play the schedule game. I totally neglected that, huh? Did you want to do the whole schedule game? I thought you were just talking about the Colts game. Um, uh, I was going to do the whole game. We're going to be talking. Hey, the Browns are going to win this week, and we're going to be talking Browns next week. Okay. So, uh, well, next week we're, we're coming back to the regular show. Because I'll have some, you know, iPhone notes. Maybe you have a, you know, right. the typical. We'll, okay. we'll uh, interject a Browns segment into there. But um, I guess we won't run down the schedule because that's kind of boring. What What do you think the Browns record will be at the end of the season, though, from what you've seen? You know, uh, they do, like, considerably have, like, the easiest schedule in the NFL. Uh, backloaded with Jets, Giants, Jacks, Texans, who are just all terrible. I don't think the Texans are as bad as they think as we think they are. Um, I'm safely putting them at nine and seven, uh, optimistically putting them at 10 and six, uh, sneaking into that playoff playoffs are expanded this year. So I don't see a reason why the Browns shouldn't make it. Yeah. I'll go nine and seven. I know a lot of people are kind of fall right around that line. Um, but nine and seven, I think is the mark just based on their schedule based on games they should win and are going to be favored in. It looks at least eight and eight. So, I mean, that Cowboys win could be proved to be huge just based on uh, beating a, a decent team there. Um, um, talk me through this. Browns are underdogs this week, huh? Yeah. It makes sense. To, I don't know. At home, you're not typically getting the the three points you would as a home favorite potentially. You know, mm-hmm. From what I've heard on you know the gambling pods I listen to, they're not quite getting you to three plus, or a minus three just based on home field advantage. Um, so, yeah, the Colts are slight favorites. I think they should be. 
Okay. Uh, I like the over under 47 this week. I like Pepper in the over. Browns put up 49 by themselves. Colts D, like I said, haven't played very good offenses. So I think that's a little tick, uh, you know, a little tickler there. Uh, not This is not gambling advice. We're very bad at gambling, evidenced by our trip to PA last yeah, week. Yeah, I'm taking a off. I wasn't even going to bring it up. Uh, but side note, since we're on the gambling talk, yeah. I, you know, a lot of reflecting this week just because a lot of L's last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Is it irresponsible, you know, like Barstool starting the book, obviously, all these, you know, Pat McAfee sponsored by FanDuel. You listen to po- sports pods, you're just getting peppered with gambling ads, right? Sports books. Do you think there's any responsibility to these people that really promote this over and over and over where a person that's likely hosting a massive podcast is a millionaire plus and obviously is making money from from those endorsements that is really pitching to a young 20-year-olds that maybe don't have the money to gamble responsibility or the experience? I don't know. It feels like almost pitching cigarettes or alcohol to me. Yeah, I think it's very similar to that. Yeah, but it's all about doing it within your means, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that I don't think there's any shame in placing a $2 bet. If that's your unit, like if you want to place a $2 bet, uh, I know a couple of people that do that. And that's like, awesome. Yeah, do your thing. Uh, if you get the juice out of that, then absolutely. It's not about, you know, it's just betting whatever you think is fun um, and inside your means. So I think there is a responsibility thing, but I, I definitely understand like the cigarettes or alcohol comparison too, because it's not the safest thing. It can get out of hand in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, especially if you have access to uh, all of your funds, you know, whatever that does mean. So that's how I feel. Yeah. I just feel there's such a small percentage that are betting you kind of in that $2 range. It's, it's almost being promoted to bet big. And uh, I've certainly done that on this pod, but it, I think that'll become more and more of a topic as sports gambling becomes legal in all 50 states and people blow stupid money. Uh, even if you think about the concept of points bet, which I believe is only legal in New Jersey, you win or lose based on the number of dollars or number of points you are off the spread. So you can lose a, a much more than an average bet. So there is some, um, I think that's just going to become a, a, a topic going forward. I'm a pretty responsible sports gambler, so uh, you know, I think that's more. It's a little self-reflective, certainly, um, just yeah. to just not be an idiot with it, even if it's a small. Sure. Yeah, you understand my point. All right, back to Browns. Are you all in on Baker? <laughs> I said a week two, and uh, you know, people thought I was joking. We were getting ready for that Bengals game, and I kept just whispering to people. I just kept saying, "Baker's back. Baker is back." And what that meant, I didn't really know. But the Baker train, it's leaving the station, all aboard. Um, absolutely. Is he a game manager? I don't care. We're winning football games. Baker's doing everything we could ever ask for out of a, uh, a starting quarterback. He's just winning his football games, getting the ball to people on time, putting them in space. I'm all about Baker right now. Uh, and if he wins one of these next two games and we're 4-2 and two looking forward after the Colts and Steelers, then absolutely he's franchise quarterback. Bro, we should be all aboard. Commercials are a lot funnier, you know, and the Browns are going. My dad used to yell at Baker. He's like, this mother, I'm watching, you know, I don't care that you're at Cleveland. And he thought he was Dave Chappelle the other day. He was laughing his ass off. He thought he was the funniest dude on television. And I'm like, dude, it's not that funny. It wasn't funny a week ago, but we're 3-1. Life's good. Let's embrace it, you know? 
I like it because uh, he's obviously a polarizing character that gets the hate from the Colin Cowards of the world. Um, but playing well shuts, shuts those dudes up um, and almost puts them in a position to talk about him and uh, kind of locks him up in that way. Um, so I, I like it from that aspect because Baker is always going to be that polarizing guy. So um, it feels good to have that in Cleveland. And uh, I'm pumped for sure. Yeah, we normally don't have that. And I think, you know, in Cleveland, we rally behind, you know, I, I have a negative uh, perception of Colin Collard, mostly because of the Baker stuff, but, you know, for some other reasons too. But like, because I want to have Baker's back and he's our quarterback right now. And it's like this totally irrational thing. Like if Baker's not cutting it, we should move on. But he's playing very well. I don't care that he's going for 183 yards right now. Like if we're winning football games, why do I care? I don't need to see him throw for 400 yards. He got ripped. Um, you know, I referenced Bill Simmons on here quite a bit. He was ripping him for celebrating too hard on the touchdown to Harrison Bryant, I believe, two weeks ago. I'm like, that is the most the win like, invalid criticism of all time, getting too pumped up because he was going nuts on like that easy toss. Um, I don't know. It just feels like people get in the zone where, yeah, you get locked in, where you can't backtrack your hate even though you know it's always going to be something it's going to be uh he celebrates too hard he only threw for 165 yards Ooh, Mm. they were playing washington whatever it may be but it kind of feels nice to have that guy because it's a big f you right absolutely yeah no i think it happens to cleveland sports fans too like you know when fran mil reyes got traded for people were like who the fuck is this guy fran mil reyes he sucks ass and then like Starts in bombs, and it's like they still try to argue that Framil's not very good, or Jose Ramirez when he got called up too, right? Like people are like, "This guy's yeah. a total ass. Why do you pinch shortstop?" But about uh, one in a hundred Clevelanders know who Framil Reyes is, and uh, like seventy out of a hundred know Baker. And that's probably <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously those numbers are a little. Framil's dope, dude. A lot more. Are we going to be having this pod in a month? Are we going to be feeling this, this good with these this optimist, optimism flowing out of our veins? Like a Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. pod? Are we going to have a Cleveland Browns yeah. yeah, we are. Like I am like I said, I'm all aboard the Browns train. Uh, we're going to win one of these next two games, and it's all aboard from there. We're making the playoffs. All right. I, I think we'll make the playoffs as well. I, I love the seven teams, actually. It's pretty – if you think about it, uh, it's not watered down too much because you, you still got 32 teams, so 14 making it. Um, it might be watered down to some divisions, like you see the NFC East with how bad some of those teams are playing. You might have a seven and niner, but what can you do about right. that? Um, and then you you got teams really gunning for it the last week of the season. Potentially, some of those really solid AFC team, you know, whatever that are thirteen and three. You might have to play that week seventeen because it's really uh, it's worth it to try to get that by when there's only one of them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's some incentive there. Some late game uh, gamesmanship, some game theory for sure. Maybe the Brownies will be in that position, bro. Maybe. <laughs> uh, that is the Browns version of the pick six. Uh, let's get into some more greasy-based questions here. Uh, what Brown would you most like to have a beer with? Uh, you know, one beer, I guess that's my question. If I'm having one beer with somebody, I, I think it would be Miles Garrett, right? Like, he seems like an eccentric guy. Seemed like he's well read. He would have some interesting topics to talk about. But I think we would run dry on topics like, uh, you know, maybe about 30 minutes in. Yeah. You know, after that first beer. So maybe Miles and I, we have one beer together. 
Um, if I'm having multiple beers with somebody, I want it to be J.C. Treader. Okay. Uh, J.C. the center of the Browns. Uh, he's also the president of the Players Association. I think we'd have some fun stuff to talk about there. And, I, I you know, I love labor economics, dude. Yeah, I get off on that shit. Me and JC could uh, rip it up over at uh, High and Dry for sure. Okay. <laughs> labor economics. I, I didn't think of JC, but that's true. He obviously uh, has some intelligence to him being the president and everything. But, um, I, you know, I went through a run right before this small flex was running before the the, the pod tonight. And uh, Hell yeah, think about this question and considering Baker, right? Somewhat of an obvious choice being the quarterback. But then I came to the conclusion, I think he's a fake beer guy. Yeah, he's not a brewer. And, and what I mean by that is we saw him at the Indians game doing the whole shotgun two years ago. Yeah. Um, but do I think that guy is like slugging Bud Lights in his free time or even in the offseason? I don't. I think he's a fake beer guy. I think he's not actually a brewer. And that's the biggest accusation on the pod so mm-hmm. far. Like out of our six months is that Baker's not a brewer. Um, but how, my, my response, my retort to that is uh, – um, how did he become Pat Baker if he wasn't slugging beers? Yeah, I think it, he did put out the pounds, and the easiest way to do that is Chinese food and beer. Yeah, or cheesecake. You think that would burn calories, though? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, sneaky though, I, I like you know, I'm a I'm a star. I love the stars, man. I can't go like offensive lineman. Um, yeah, you know, high school, I'd be chasing the quarterback sort of thing. So. I go with uh, Nick Chubb just would be interesting to me because we've seen clips of him and people talking about how quiet he is. And, you know, I just really believe in the the quietest people have the most to say and the most interesting things to say. I mean, he's, he's a fairly, I mean, he's a very intelligent dude. It's that I don't think he'd want to talk to us. Like under what circumstance would Nick Chubb like feel like the need, you know, to communicate with us. And I totally get that too. Some random ass dude was like, yo, we need to have a beer together. Be like, nah, I don't think we need to have a beer together <laughs> like, by any means. I'm thinking this is like set up perfectly though. It's not like uh it's not like some sort of bro date where we go and meet at Johnny's little bar and it's all set up. It's more so it, it right. happens naturally. I love in our minds like Johnny's little bar is like the most intimate setting for bros. <laughs> like they, and it is, like, you know what I mean? For you and me, like where could you imagine having a bro thing? Uh, but you know, I don't think that's like where I would say like the first time meeting up with somebody as a bro is like, yeah, meet me at Johnny's yeah. little bar at 3 a.m. after we go to the casino. Yeah, I just think the the quiet guys are interesting. So I, but okay. it ultimately comes down to a person that enjoys beer. I don't care if it's the third string guard, um, a guy that's yeah. fun and, and actually enjoys like trying, I don't know, a jalapeno IPA. Like, let's go. That's my guy. That's your whole idea. Okay, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Uh, you're the latest tart from Urban Artifact. I'm in, you know? like You're in, yeah, no doubt. I mean, that that's guy. right. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about the 12,000 fans. Would you be one of those? You know, you have any interest? Uh, you know what? Uh, one of our bros just moved down to Cincinnati. Shout out Uh And we were talking about maybe going down for the Browns-Bangles game, and he was asking if we would go to the game. And uh, currently, I'm firmly no i don't want to go to the game and to be honest with you i don't really enjoy going to football games that much like being at the physical uh stadium is fun but it's like it's not something i need to do but i love tailgating dj i love it i can't get enough of it 
showing up at 7 a.m. in a random parking lot, drinking beers, slugging greasy food. Uh, like, that's it for me. That's what I like to do. So if, uh, you know, Frank Jackson, uh, shout out mayor, uh, wants to open up the parking lots, let us have at it, bud. Yeah, I think that almost, you know, maybe muni lot excluded. That might even be uh, safer than uh, a lot of the things, including, like, packing in a winking lizard or something right like right um so yeah versus yeah, a, I, you know i'm not a mini like guy. i'm a western yeah. Mike side guy. versus a winking lizard or something or the comparable to what you would go to in cincinnati you know the stadium is probably right. you know you obviously have a little bit more space and so on so i wouldn't be too afraid of it from the outside perspective but uh, like you said, I, I agree. We've been to a few games together. One we went to in the snow. I remember we left at halftime. The Browns were getting their ass kicked by the Steelers. Um, but we're not that Le'Veon Bell. Just, oh, yeah, Le'Veon show, yeah. Bell just running up and down the field. Yeah. Man, oh, how far removed we feel from that, Le'Veon. Just like the absolute most dominant running back. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was only a few years ago. Yeah, football games, not totally interested. Tailgating, um, I'm not a huge tailgate guy, but I've enjoyed it the, you know, like, I don't know, half dozen times I've, like, truly been, like, let's get uh, drunk at 7 a.m. sort of tailgating. Yeah, it's definitely a commitment. you got to immerse yourself. And uh, a lot of the times you have to commit to just, like, being done. At 4 p.m., your day is done. You're home. You're sleeping. You're eating food. And, uh, you know, once you fully commit to a shitty Monday – Tailgating the best in the business, baby. Yeah. Um, was week one at home? I'm trying to remember. Uh, a... week for the Browns? Yeah. No, uh, it was no, it was in Baltimore. Okay, so I'm trying to think of what week it was. Maybe it was uh, – but anyways, I was for a run on uh, one of these Sundays, and a family was tailgating over in the flats, which is a decent uh, distance from uh, from the stadium. Yeah. But it was just one car in this massive parking lot. And I, it was a family, and they're tossing the football around. And I'm like, that family is sick. They're sticking to their tradition. You know, they're oh, growing man. dogs. Only car in the parking lot. It was it was almost, like, picturesque of, like, these, you know, Browns fans. And it's just, yeah, and if they're parking in the flats, that means they committed to parking in the same parking lot. Because they could obviously have parked closer than that. Right, yeah. So, it was cool to see. I'm like, man. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a little bit busier, uh, but you still can't tailgate, right? Is that what you said? Uh, no, still can't tailgate uh, unless uh, Frank Jackson gives us a go-ahead. So, <laughs> All right. Do it at home. Do it at home. We'll do it live, baby. Yeah. I think that's our Browns our Browns show, unless you have anything else that I failed to, failed to hit here. No. Uh, big Browns week coming up. Uh, obviously pumped for it. Uh, I think I'm, I think my lock this week is Brown's money line in the over. Um, again, not gambling advice, but I think that's probably <laughs> the place. Um, uh, and shout out Matt Rosati retiring as a Perry football head coach was our head coach. Uh, congratulations on a fantastic high school coaching career. We got to throw that shit in cause it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. He's one of my favorite guys and, uh, yeah, awesome coach. So, uh, props to him for being a Perry legend. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, a lot of people call us the same thing. So, yeah, we understand. <laughs> Very legends. That's Successful right. podcasters, uh, shitty gamblers. That's right. That, put that on my gravestone. 
All right, go Browns. We'll be back here in a week, no matter what. But the Browns are going to be 4-1, and one, and we're going to be rolling high into Steelers week where we're going to be talking a lot of shit. A lot of shit, baby.